When life gets harder, you get smarter. You don't mission, you level up like a boss. Connect Vox Fiber to your home, starting from 554 Rand per month. Level up your experience with Airtime's Wi-Fi boosters, Vobi Voice app calling, offers 365 and over 160 other products to enhance your lifestyle. Live smart, level up with Vox. Visit vox.co.za to view our range. T's and C's apply. I'm Rechard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 258 for the week starting 5 May 2019. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central. Join our YouTube stream live on Sundays at 1 p.m. On Talk Central this week, Take a Lot Gets Physical. Also on the show this week, MTN shakes up its board and hires some political heavy hitters. Ikasa versus the communications minister and Netflix's new high quality audio adjusts to match your internet speeds. Ooh, it's Sunday afternoon. We're live streaming on YouTube and on live.techcentral.co.za and it's time to talk everything tech. Fancy, fancy. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Rehat? How's it, Duncan? Very good, thanks. So, um, I, I see you've been gallivanting around the Eastern Cape. Uh, that's your. Uh, that's where you come from originally, right? Yeah, well, yeah, kind mm. of. That's where you grew born, up. Not born there, but raised there, so mm. to speak. Okay. <laughs> that's my hood, yeah, and I yeah. love that place. But yeah. uh, spent some time on a farm. Yeah. And, um, uh In the Eastern Cape, close to Grahamstown, like 40 k's out of Grahamstown. Um, yeah, just spend some time there. It was great. Mm. Nice to get off the grid a bit. Nice 4G connectivity though, but uh, yeah, nice to get off the grid, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> no, no, no fiber to the farm. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. Um, One day. When that yeah. happens, I will move. That's mm. for sure. Yeah. That's a beautiful part of the world. I don't know it very well, but I have I have been through there a few times. Um, Grahamstown itself, mm. though, is, is in a bit of a shocking state at the moment. Did you go into the town? Yeah, I drove through it. I, I mean, I don't know. It's the first time I've actually been there. So I drove through it. Yeah, it was it looked bad. It mm. looked it looked in disarray. The place is falling um, to pieces. The municipality is bankrupt. Uh, apparently, the, it's just fallen to pieces. Um, there's no there's no government there anymore. No services being delivered. Uh, all a bit of a shocking state. Um, and it looks the part, unfortunately. Really, I mean, it it's is terrible. Um, taxis go rampage there, which is also crazy for a small town. When I was driving through early in the morning, our taxis were just mm. making a bit of a scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It's very sad, though. It's a beautiful, beautiful little town. Yeah. University town. I really don't mm. know it. Uh, I think I drove through there once about two decades ago, but I, I really don't know it. But uh, the Eastern Cape is beautiful. Um, I, l- I love the photos you shared uh, online of the, uh, the Nguni cows, the huge horns. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, beautiful cars, eh? Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, you know, they're kind of very signature to that area, right? Yeah. Especially on the beaches. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever been down to to the beach in any of the wild coast areas, you you probably would have seen them mm. um, walking around on the beach, which is quite a sight as well. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Great. So just a reminder, we are now broadcasting live on YouTube on Sundays uh, around 1 p.m. 
please do join us. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Tech Central on YouTube. Also, I'm sure you'll find it. We actually have two uh, YouTube channels there. Just look for the one uh, that says TC and uh, hit that subscribe button and uh, you'll be notified when we go live again. Uh, we'll be live most Sunday afternoons. Uh, we weren't live last Sunday because, Rechot, you were in the Eastern Cape and we won't be live again next Sunday because I am going to be in Mauritius of all places. Um, well, actually, uh, you know, Rechot, I think I might be back in time to do the podcast uh, next Sunday. I'll have to let you know. Um, cool. I must check my flight details, but I think I might just be back in time, and we'll we might do a show next Sunday. And I'm not you just do a show from from remote location. Just take your kit with you, right? <laughs> yes, from a Mauritian beach. Um, uh, but I'm looking forward to next show because we we're doing a lot of work in the studio here. Um, um, this mm-hmm. backdrop is going to look very different next week, um, and uh, investing in in some infrastructure, some new lighting, and all that sort of thing. Hopefully, be ready for next Sunday's show. Assuming we do a show next Sunday, which I think we're actually going to now that I remember my flight details. Um, but uh, uh, quite exciting. I'm enjoying the YouTube stuff. Uh, so please do subscribe. Uh, if you do miss it live on a Sunday, we will post the video along with our usual audio link on the website. And of course, we'll still be available through all the uh, all the fav- all of your favorite um, podcatchers, including Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, um, Pocket Casts, uh, Apple iTunes, uh, and I'm no doubt missing quite a few. Um, but uh, we'll be available through all the normal audio channels as well if you prefer to listen to us uh, in your car or even at your desk. We definitely look better on the podcast platforms, I think. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we, we, need to, we need to find some sort of um, video enhancement software that uh, does us some justice uh, <laughs> during the live calls, but uh, here we go. If you can put up with our ugly mugs, uh, do join us on our video version of our podcast. Um, it's a lot more effort these days, right? I remember just getting up, rolling out of bed, doing the podcast. Now I actually have to you know, comb your hair and make it a bit of effort. <laughs> yeah, like shaved. Putting a lot of work through this through on this podcast, Duncan. Yeah, it's it's tough. You even think about what you wear on a Sunday morning when you get up now, right? <laughs> crazy, crazy. <laughs> All right, uh, enough frivolity. Let's get into this more serious stuff. Uh, let's let's do our quiz first of all. Rechard, do you want to do the first question? Yes, first question. Who was appointed to chair a new advisory board for MTN Group? And what is the name of the new 24-hour news channel on DSTV that launched last week, replacing the now-defunct Gupta-owned ANN7? Third question. Take a lot launched a new flagship customer collection center in Gauteng this week. Where is it located? And I went along to the launch of that. It's quite interesting. We'll talk about it shortly. Uh, which former Google CEO said he's stepping down from the board of parent Alphabet? And the final question. How long will former WikiLeaks editor Julian Assange spend in jail in UK for skipping bail when he sought refugee in the Ecuadorian embassy in London? As always, the answers to the quiz at the end of the show. But let's uh, let's dive into um, let's dive into uh, this week's news. And in fact, let's start with the uh, take a lot uh, story. I popped along to the launch this week. Um, we first reported uh, that they were going to be doing this. Um, I think towards the end of last year. Uh, and so um, if you've been eagle-eyed, if you drive along the N1, which is a very busy highway between Johannesburg and Pretoria, in fact, it runs all the way from Cape Town to Messina, but if you drive the section <laughs> uh, through Midrand, you might have noticed the um, the take-a-lot work happening on the, br- the new bridge, the new road bridge uh, over the highway in Midrand. Uh, and they've, what they've done is they've built a flagship customer collection center uh, which I think is fantastic news. Um, it's always been a bit of a bugbear of mine uh, with Take A Lot in that you order something, you have it delivered to your home address, you never know if you're actually going to be there. Uh, you have to, have to pop out, and inevitably you're not there. And um, 
either have to phone one of your neighbors and ask them to take the delivery for you or you have to um, you have to ask them to come back another time. It's a, it's a bit of a pain and often it means you end up sitting uh, at home when you need to be at the office or you need to be out at a meeting or whatever it is you need to be doing or just enjoying your life. Um, <laughs> so I really like the ability to be able to deliver to a collections point. Now, Cape Townian Take A Lot users have been able to do this for quite a long time at their Milnerton office um, in, in Gauteng, even though they've got a huge distribution center on the East Rand near the airport, you haven't been able to go there to collect uh, collect your goods. And I think a lot of people don't really want to have to go all the way out to the East Rand to collect anyway. Um, so I think this is a really good idea. But what's what's exciting, not only that they've developed this flagship one in, in Midrand, is that they've actually launched 25 of these uh, collection centers now around the country. Um, they're dotted all over the place. That don't, you know, they don't, certainly don't all look like the one in Midrand. Um, I actually picked up something from the one in Stratham Park in Randburg the other day, uh, and um, it's it's just a little room basically uh, in the industrial part of of Randburg. Um, but it was really convenient because I was driving past there, I could pick it up, uh, and I will be using those pickup points in future. There's one in Bryanston as well, which I may end up using. Um, and they, they, they I did not know. I didn't know there were so many around. That's, yeah, they've just launched uh, them. They've just launched them recently. So if you go on to on when you next time you place an order on Take a Lot, um, you can select if you want to pick it up from a collections point, and you can select one of these twenty five or so collection points they've got around the country. The idea, according to Take a Lot CEO Kim Reed, is that you're going to be able to. Um, it'll detect your location and automatically suggest your collection point in future, which which makes sense, especially if you're using a smartphone. Um, and they're planning to increase the number in the next 12 months uh, to about 50 collection points around the country. So that's quite a dense network of collection points. Um, so I'd imagine there'd be at least 10 or 12 in Joburg um, in, by this time next year. Very convenient. I think it's fantastic. But the, I, I thought it was a genius idea by Take a Lot uh, to set up on the N1, the new road bridge in Midrand. And for anyone who doesn't live in Johannesburg or Pretoria and who doesn't know this bridge, it really is straddling the most, the most, the busiest highway in South Africa. And I think it actually may be the busiest highway in Africa. Stand to correction there. Um, and it's available on both sides. So you, you basically come off with the off ramp at the bridge. There's a garage there. Um, I think it's a total garage heading north and engine garage heading south. The whole place has been refurbished. There are very nice uh, fast food restaurants there now, including a Kauai. Um There's a KFC, a couple of other restaurants, there's little shops. Um, a major so lunch, lunch and a pickup, basically. Lunch and a product pickup. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> very convenient. Um, and you know you're often driving along that highway to go somewhere. Um, and you walk into the, uh, into the collection center. And it's, it, it looks fantastic. They've got this huge decorative um, board. I'm not sure what the artistic inspiration of it was, but it looks really, really nice. There's a waiting area with seats, maybe 50 seats or so, and a big screen. Um, you walk into this place. You, there's a little tablet. You scan your QR code which you, on your phone, which you get from, got from your order. Um, it will then automatically process it. It asks you to sit down, and then you wait for your order to, to be delivered. And then upstairs, they've got a huge area which actually straddles the entire highway it's the old what was the old maxi's restaurant for anyone who who knew that uh, facility um and uh, we had a tour up there and there's it's basically just shelving space where they're going to store temporarily store all the customer orders so what happens you walk in you scan your qr code you sit down um upstairs uh, a, a dispatcher is alerted that that you've arrived and is waiting and you're waiting for your order they immediately go and get collected from one of the shelves wherever it's located they put it on a on a conveyor belt uh, and um, I, I think it's more for 
design than, than for, for anything practical. But it comes down this beautiful spiral conveyor belt um, into the into the waiting area, into the into the, to the, the front desk where it gets processed by uh, one of the customer service representatives. Uh, you are then um, um, pinged to come to the front on the big screen. Uh, uh, your name appears on the big screen and says your, your order is ready. You walk up, you collect it, off you go. Um, really clever. Is that it? Does it announce what you ordered? Dear Mr. McLeod, your collection of... Sex toys. <laughs> Dirty magazines <laughs> is ready for collection. No, I, I don't think it does that. <laughs> it would be I'm problem. waiting for the first prank YouTube show on that. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> um, but well done to take but, a lot. I think it's a good mm. investment, and I think um, it's, it's a practical alternative, and it, it, it works well. I mean, you know, a lot of people... It solves a lot of issues, Um I think for people who, you know, who have a nine to five desk job in a company, uh, then simply having it, your order delivered to the company is easy. You just get the front desk to sign for it and you, there's your, there's your collection. You put it in mm. your car at the end of the day and you drive home. But, you know, what if you're on the road all the time? Um, you know, what if you, you don't, if you're a small business owner and you, you don't have a fixed abode, you know, um, and, and you want to order stuff online. It's very convenient. Mm. Um, and I think it's it's uh, it's really good. And I, I, I do wonder if it if Take a Lot will be open to other e-commerce providers using this as as a fulfillment platform. Um, possibly not. Um, Superbalist, you can really order Superbalist stuff and have it delivered there, obviously, because they're owned by Take a Lot. Um, but yeah, I think it's an important impor- improvement and an important move forward in, in e-commerce, and I think it's going to do wonders for Take a Lot sales revenue. Look, I, I am amazed at how far we've come. It's 2019, and we've invented in-store pickup again. <laughs> yes. Think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yes, no, no, the idea is fantastic. I mean, I've, the last few times I've ordered online, I've actually used Pargo, which is a pretty cool service as well that yeah. allows you to drop off uh, pickup at clicks, sorry, clicks, oh, right. uh, clicks around the, uh, the countries, which is a great idea because, you know, like all the reasons you listed, um, not at home all the time, hmm. moving up and down, you know, maybe you're away, whatever. The only problem with some of these, and I'm sure Takelot won't have this issue, but Pargo, they send it back after a few days, which is a little silly. I mean, hmm. you know, you kind of need to keep it there for a little while at least. I know space can be a premium, but yes. there's the idea of, yeah, ordering online, picking up. Uh, as long as that process can be quick, um, it'll be awesome. Hmm. Hmm. You know, every time I've been to the Clicks Pargo, it's taken, you know, longer than what it should have probably because people are still getting used to the the system yeah um but yeah, i don't see that happening at the takeout branch i mean those they certainly seem to be following a nice model an amazon, an amazon model if i can put it like that mm, mm. yeah no fantastic well done take a lot we've got a comment on the youtube live stream um frank retief says ugly mugs no not so bad you do fine on video well <laughs> thanks thanks frank um <laughs> buttering us up um and now we sense it for the entire show. Thank you. What's that? <laughs> sense it for the entire show. <laughs> no more video. We should, just, we should do a show with um, those uh, animated emoticons. That, Snap uh, scan style. Yeah, that's all the rage now. <laughs> it was all the rage in 2017. I don't know about now. <laughs> well, we should with, with the tech that's out now, we should be able to actually recreate full VR versions of ourselves to do this podcast in real time. I mean, mm. if we call ourselves techies, we should be striving to that. Yeah. So what, then what? I can be then I can be sitting in a full battle suit, gun gun in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> is that PUBG behind you? Oh yes, ready to go <laughs> when the podcast is done. Right. So you'll come as <laughs> no, you'll, I'm come, kidding, but, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll you'll come uh, dressed as your favorite PUBG character. 
which is what I'm wearing now, T-shirt and jeans. That's all, mm. you, that's all you need. And again, <laughs> <laughs> are you drinking that? Um, are you drinking that brute IPA you told me about the other day? No, no, yeah. that's that's uh, that's a pretty majestic beer. You don't want to be drinking that just uh, on any because, kind of podcast. It'll, right. it'll get you hammered. Oh, it's a fantastic strong. beer. Yeah, yeah. It's well, let's strong. let's let's talk about it actually, because I think a lot of our uh, our listeners are beer drinkers as well, and uh, I was fascinated. Um, brute IPA. Now I know about IPA. It stands for India Pale Ale, right? Yeah, India India Pale Ale, based mm. on the style. So it's just a very hoppy beer, you know, a very yeah. hoppy beer style. Now there's different types of IPA. There's Imperial IPA, which is what a strong IPA. Yeah, Imperial. It's double IPA essentially, so it's okay. just uh, stronger. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not a beer judge. I don't always. I don't. I don't uh, distinct the style so much. I mean, mm. but yeah, double double IPA, uh, Imperial IPA is usually kind of double your money's value worth in, in good beer drinking value and it's much stronger as well. Uh, okay. Usually end off with it on the night. Right. But, uh, the Brute IPA, yeah, it's something new. It's um, it's, a, it's a new style that's kind of all the rage in America. Now, if, you, if you're following kind of craft beer styles, you know that uh, we've just kind of hit and missed the New England IPA. I hope we get a lot of that, a lot more of that kind of style beer because I'm a big fan of that. It's just a hazy IPA. It's kind of a nice trendy beer, but it's also very delicious. Yeah. Now everybody's uh, jumping on the Brute IPA because it's uh, it's the latest thing. Yeah, it's it's the latest thing, and it's it's a fantastic beer. But yeah, it's uh, I had one last night after I showed you. I didn't have they're not in the cans. So I didn't have one in the can. I had it on tap, and uh, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And w- what is it? I mean, it's styled on champagne, I believe. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I don't know exactly how they brew it, but I believe it's. It's brewed the same way you would, or you, it's fermented the same way you would ferment a champagne, or it's using the same yeasts or something like that. Um, you know, I'm not really, like I said, uh, I'm still discovering the style. Mm. Um, but I believe it's, it's just a way, it's just uh, the ingredients, and then um, it's got that very fine bubble, that kind of bubble effect. You know, that dryness that a champagne normally yes. has? It's got that exact kind of taste um, after the, the hoppiness, which is actually fantastic. Um, yeah, so Devil Speaks bring it us. There's one or two other brewers that I've seen also doing it, but Devil Speaks only one doing it in, in in kind of bigger numbers now. But I believe it's quite limited. I don't know if they'll they're probably experimenting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it'll do well because it's also the kind of sort of celebration beer too, if I can put it like that. It's the kind of thing you can you know have at a wedding or have at a you know have at a nice event if you mm-hmm. want if you're a beer drinker you want to celebrate. Um, but yeah, very special. I'm going to have to try some after your. Uh, have they run out? It was at your uh, at your local, right? Um, craft beer library. Craft beer library. Yes, mm. we're actually going after the after the show. So uh, if anybody's around, definitely. <laughs> there's there's only one keg there, so you might want to hurry up hurry before up. we drink it all. All right, I better get there. <laughs> <laughs> Bring the camera, Duncan. We can vlog it. They're going to be making a lot more of it, I'm sure, though, right? Yeah, but you know the nice thing about you know having it on tap, it's it's just kind of beautiful and fresh. I'm sure the cans will be around, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many places will actually do it. Um, mm. Maybe maybe the fancier places, you know, the Parkhurst type <laughs> places would have it uh, on tap. Is it priced premiumly as well? Or is it um, same as regular craft beer? Uh, it's maybe a little bit more expensive. I actually don't know the price offhand, but mm. I don't I don't think it's. I mean, the bill wasn't exorbitant. It was the same as the kind of the normal mm-hmm. 50, 60 rand of beer. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the can might might be 35-odd rand, I think. Okay. But I stand to be corrected. Right. 
after that interruption for Beer Central. <laughs> <laughs> let's get that out of the week. <laughs> so uh, let's talk a bit about MTN because um, they, they made some big ma- major board announcements uh, or big board changes this week and appointed a new advisory board, which I thought was very, very interesting. They, um, uh, first of all, they appointed, uh, have announced the appointment as expected of BC Jonas, um, the former deputy finance minister, as their new chairman. Uh, he's going to replace the long-serving Putuma Ntlerko, um, who was the CEO for a long time uh, and who returned as um, an act- in the acting CEO capacity after the exit of Safisa de Bengua after the nightmare in Nigeria unfolded a few years ago. Um, so um, MTN seems to be head- heading onto a more stable platform now and they uh, Ntlerko is stepping aside. Uh, Jonas is stepping up. He's going to be um, in the role as kind, kind of an acting capacity uh, up until December, and then Atleco steps down, um, and they've made a number of other uh, big board changes as well, um, really signalling that they're uh, heading in a new direction. But what really interests me is they've announced a new strategic advisory board. Uh, some serious heavy hitters have appointed uh, to this strategic advisory board, including South Africa's former president Thabo Mbeki, uh, who will serve as the as the chairman. Um, and other members include the former president of Ghana, John Kofour. Um, so uh, I'd love to know how much these guys are getting paid to join the Strategic Advisory Board, which, by the way, doesn't have any fiduciary responsibilities. It's um, their milieu in, in an advisory and strategic role. Um, but maybe there's an argument that, uh, that they need a... a they need advice and, and they need a strategic advisory board of this kind, given the markets in which they operate and some of the troubles they've gotten themselves into in, in recent years. Um, there's also a senior person uh, from Nigeria whose name I have forgotten, um, uh, no doubt important as well, given that Nigeria is such an important market to them. And this is where and that is the country where some many of their troubles have have occurred. Um, but an interesting development anyway, um, interesting, um, interesting that so many politicians and former politicians are now involved in MTN, either in an advisory role or uh, or on the board itself. Um, interesting times, anyway, um, and and maybe just a reflection of of the some of the lessons that MTN has learnt and the fact that it realises it has to deal in some very troubled markets and with some uh, very tough political situations as it's learnt to its great cost in Nigeria. Yeah, look, Sandra. <laughs> look, I think definitely advice. Sometimes you have to ask, uh, you have to wonder if companies get the right advisors on board. If you look at some of the decisions that's been made, but um, yeah, let's hope uh, things turn around for them. Absolutely. So, Ikasa, speaking of politics, uh, Ikasa versus the Minister of Communications, Stellander Benny Abrams. Now, this is a fascinating story. Um, uh, the City Press reported, uh, when was it, last Sunday? Uh, it was last Sunday uh, that um, Ikasa was threatening to take the minister to court uh, over um, her allegedly threatening not to um, give it the first tranche of its annual budget, an amount of over 100 million rand. Uh, it's a sort of in- interesting move. Um, and uh, was about to start following it up on a, on a Monday morning when uh, Ikasa called a press conference at very short notice. Please come to Pretoria. Uh, we'd like to talk about this. Um, so I expected to go through there. Uh, to hear that um, they had um, resolved the issue, as these things tend to get resolved when um, they get get into the headlines. Uh, anyway, I get through to Pretoria and was very surprised to um, listen to Icasa and several of its councillors um, 
call a very sternly worded or, or to, to stay, say in very stern words that um, they are filing papers at the High Court in Pretoria uh, to ensure that the minister stops interfering uh, and basically that she needs to respect that this institution is independent under Chapter 9 of South Africa's Constitution and basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, these are not their words, how dare you do this? Um, it's very interesting development. Um, it then transpired, um, I think it was just hours later, it may have been the next day, uh, that the minister had intervened uh, and um, chided her accounting officer, who's the Director General, Mabuse Nkuna, and told her to release the funds to uh, to ICASA. Um, she said she, um, I think she said she hadn't been aware of it, um, or it hadn't been brought to her attention, and she made it clear that she wasn't very happy with ICASA dragging this issue through um, the press, um, not surprisingly. Um, anyway, so it was it was it was uh, the money was transferred, but it, it appears in reading the city press story and reading um, between the lines of, of um, what some of the ICASA councillors were saying was that uh, it appears that the the ICASA wanted to push ahead in terms of its annual performance plan with five G licensing, the licensing of five G spectrum uh, during the coming coming financial year. And um, the city press re- report suggesting that uh, the minister was unhappy about this 5G licensing being included in the annual performance plan because uh, she allegedly wanted to take the glory um, for any announcements around uh, 5G licensing. I don't know if it was 5G specific or whether it extended to 4G licensing as well or just spectrum licensing more broadly. Um, but it, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, a pol- politicians love to take the glory. Uh but at the end of the day, spectrum licensing is an administrative function of the regulator. Um, certainly the minister is entitled to issue a policy direction, which she's supposed to do and hasn't done. Um, she's now said it's going to happen sometime after the election. Um, and then ICASA can take that policy direction under advisement in, 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 in crafting the uh, whatever whatever mechanism it is it uses in, in allocating that spectrum, whether it's a spectrum auction or whatever it is. Um, and uh, I think they will take take it under advisement. Um, but the minister is not responsible for licensing spectrum in South Africa. Uh, it, that is the job of the regulator. It's an administrative function and shouldn't be politicized. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. It, I think it just suggests that, it, you know, it, you know, perhaps this minister, and without having heard her side of the story, to be fair, but perhaps it suggests that this minister doesn't quite understand the boundaries between the regulator and the and the executive arm of government, um, or perhaps she chooses not to um, recognise the barriers between the two. Whatever it is, it is concerning. Um, we don't need political interference in this process. We're already so far behind with the licensing of Spectrum. Um, we just need the administrators, and that's ICASA, to get on with the job, to do it efficiently and in a way that's not going to damage the sector, and in a way that will in fact help the sector. Um, but it was interesting. Interesting. Uh, Insights behind the scenes into some of the into the relationship between the regulator and the minister. Um, as I mentioned, the uh, minister was had promised to issue the policy direction to ICASA on spectrum licensing by the end of April, which she failed to do, um, which surprised me a little bit because we are going into an election, and I would have thought that the the ANC would have been very keen to be seen to be moving quickly on that issue now, you know, within just a week to go to the election. But no. She announced it's been um, postponed until sometime in the sixth administration of this government. Um, the problem with that is um, she might not be the minister of communications after the election. 
um, there's a chance. Um, I don't know how, how real that chance is, but there's always a chance. Uh, they shall get re- redeployed. And um, the worry then is we're going to get another minister in who doesn't doesn't know the sector and uh, could therefore take months or longer to get up to get up to speed on, on all the issues, the complexities around this issue and uh, making sure that that policy direction is correctly worded. Um, so it's worrying. Um, but it's interesting, but but also worrying. One, one hopes um, that there is some some rapid movement on this immediately after the election. Um, but given what's happened in the past, I'm, I must say I'm terribly hopeful. Yeah, sadly, history uh, is not given us no. uh, something to be hopeful about. Unfortunately not. <clears throat> now, just uh, kind of segueing from that, we didn't talk about the story before the time, but did you read uh, the story on The Guardian about uh, meteorologists' concern and f- on 5G technology? I did see something about that, interfering with satellite signals or something. No, it's, well, kind of more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, so, so one example of the list is the frequency of water, the frequency that water vapor emits at twenty three point eight gigahertz is a yeah. you know it's a specific uh, wavelength that in nature um, could get impacted by this. So you know, seeing um, detecting the amount of water vapor in air, for example, could be so affected, or, or getting accurate readings for the water vapor in air. Interesting. Could be could be affected, and there's a few other examples that they also list there. So that's not a tropical cyclone uh, uh, moving into Maputo. <laughs> it's actually just a 5G based. <laughs> Sorry, just getting updates now. Um, no, no, it's actually just a normal rainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. So 23.5 gigahertz. Is that is that a 23.8? 23.8. Fi- is that a 5G frequency band? I often hear 26 and 28 spoken about, but not 23.8 specifically. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. There's a few other frequencies I list too, uh, 30, 36 to 37 gigahertz. Um, look, I mean, it's, it's actually, it, it does raise an interesting question. I mean, we, regardless of which current technology is impacting those frequencies, I mean, inevitably those frequencies would be used by something, right? I mean, mm-hmm. where, whether it's uh, actual usable like Wi-Fi related data stuff or something, uh, you know, kind of uh, IoT related. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder how many people are actually looking at this. How many of the tech guys are actually looking at this? As uh, I wonder if Huawei is looking at this. Hmm. <laughs> Probably not. Eh? <laughs> interesting. I'm just going to have a look at that article. Uh, last uh, item of news this week is Richard, something you picked up, and that's uh, Netflix's new high-quality audio adjusts to match your internet speeds. So, no, firstly, I know that we're launching new high-quality audio codecs. Are they charging more for this? No, so this will be part of the the base technology. So I mean, it'll just be part of Netflix, right? Mm. But uh, what we've, I mean, one of the reasons that makes Netflix such a great service is the way it adapts to your bandwidth. I mean, it's it's probably better than most other services out there. You know, with the with their CDN around the world. You know, the quality of a Netflix stream is generally better than the quality of uh, anything else, any of its other competitors. Um, so to date, the, only the video has been adaptive um, bitrate, uh, has, has had adaptive bitrate for video. So as your, your bandwidth uh, increases or decreases or capacity in your bandwidth, uh, your stream would obviously improve. Um, they're trying to obviously do everything before, your, before you actually buffer, trying to get rid of the buffer. Not that we know much about buffers these days, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yay, fiber. Um, mother, with audio- ma- what's that ad? Mother, buffer. <laughs> mother. Web Africa, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> a great ad, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but um, 
so yeah, I mean, buffering is always a big issue. So to date, with audio, what has happened is that your your audio would be, your audio quality would be determined by the quality of um, your connection speed at the beginning. So and it won't be adaptive. So now what they've done is they've increased the audio quality on 5.1 audio to 640k and on Dolby Atmos to 768k, um, and then that's adaptive, wow. obviously depending on um, your connection speed. So that'll drop down as uh, drop down to as low as 192. Uh, on a connection of 192k, so I mean, you you you'll actually have a very good experience uh, for audio as well. Um, I, you know, with most mobile users, I'm not sure how much of an impact that will have, but um, it's great to have you know for for most DSL and then fiber users as well. I mean, fiber users won't really; they'll just get the best experience. Yeah. But the fidelity of the audio also went up, so um, you should you should be getting better audio quality regardless um, on Netflix programs. Sounds fantastic. So when is this launching? Is it immediate? Um, it should be. It should be. Yeah, it should be launched already. Um, this was beginning of the month. And do you need? Do you um, need? To, do you don't need to do anything in settings? Will it automatically deliver to you depending on your line speed? Yeah, it should just automatically because it's adaptive, right? But you would be able to to change, or there should be a way to change it uh, manually, like you could uh, with uh, the video stream. Um, I don't know. Can you actually do that still in Netflix? I, I don't, don't know. That for, not that we actually look at it, but yeah, I think mm -hmm. there's a way for you to just uh, drop down the setting if you need to manually. Um, I must have a look. Yes, at, I'll have a look this nice. evening when I'm Netflix and chilling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's our news this week. Let's my, my Duncan, are we ready for that on this show? <laughs> uh, let's move on to our um, <laughs> moving rapidly along. Uh, our winner and loser of the week. Uh, our winner is Newsroom Africa. It's the new 24-hour uh, news channel on uh, DSTV, DSTV 405. Have you had a chance to? You didn't have DSTV, do you? No, um, I cut the cord years, cut the cord years, years ago. Um, it's pretty good, I must say. I uh, I watched a, an hour or so of it, um, mainly out of uh, morbid curiosity after what happened with uh, the launch of ANN Seven. If you remember the the disaster that was the launch of ANN Seven, the spelling errors on the screen, the blank stares, the presenters who didn't have a clue of what they were doing, um, and this was professional. They'd clearly done a lot of um, background work that they. Uh, they were um, obviously keen to avoid the the, <laughs> the the social media hordes pointing fingers at them and laughing. Um, and it was professional. It's really good. Um, uh, Kathy Mohlatlana, big pardon, Mohlatlana, uh, the uh, main anchor, uh, did a very professional job on the first evening. Um, and I didn't see any glitches or spelling errors or any issues at all. Uh, I was um, I was suitably impressed. So well done to the guys at Newsroom Africa. I'm still not. Keen on the spelling of the name of Newsroom Africa, Z. I was just going to say after K. that, you know, after a perfect launch, you know, <laughs> spelling. Yeah, that could have. I would have liked to see something better, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I always good to see more news, kind of you know, news yeah. presence out there. Just let's just hope they they stay true to yeah, you know, true to the mission. Yeah, it's an ama amazing though in a market the size of South Africa that we've got three twenty-four hour news channels now. And that excludes the business channels like CNBC Africa and Business Day TV. We've got, we've got um, Newsroom Africa, ENCA, and SABC News. Um, three 24-hour news channels all on the DSTV platform, which is quite remarkable. And, of course, there's now Open News, which is launched on OpenView HD, uh, the free-to-air um, sister platform to ENCA and ETV. So make that four 24-hour uh, news channels, which is quite incredible. 
I mean, it must cost quite a few rand to put a show. I mean, you pay to have your show. I mean, anybody can have a channel on DSTV right if you pay enough money, right? I would imagine, if the content's obviously good. Well, they, these guys are getting paid by DSTV to be there. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. DSTV is paying for all three of these channels. Um, we don't know how much. The, the amount paid to the SABC was disclosed uh, because that document was confidential document was leaked. Um, but we don't we don't know the other numbers. The rumor was 500 million a year to ENCA under their old contract, but um, I'm not sure how accurate that was. It's also apparently been cut since the renewal. Um, but certainly, multi choice is spending a good hundreds, oh. hundreds, and hundreds of millions of rands every year on 24 hour news. Well, I assume they take the ad revenue. I mean, it's not the newsroom don't sell their own ads. I would assume. So it would be multi choice that would handle all of that. So yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah. It 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 it, it does show that there is some money in advertising, although. Yeah, it's. Uh, I yeah. guess it's just a, another another tab of offering for multi-choice at the end yes. of the day. Yes, but News from Africa looks pretty good, and uh, it doesn't have the Guptas behind it, so it's got some credibility too. <laughs> um, so uh, our loser this week is um, our president, Cyril Ramaphosa, um, who generally I think is doing quite a good job. But uh, just a few days ago. Admittedly on the campaign trail, so we've obviously got to take this with a pinch of salt, but he said there'll be no job cuts at ESCOM. This is despite the World Bank saying that um, saying that ESCOM is at least 66% overstaffed. Um, we know that ESCOM is in dire straits. It's got huge, huge um, uh, debt problems. Um, it needs to right-size, if, if I can use that uh, terminology. Um, yet uh, the president says, no, no, there are going to be no job, cu- job cuts at ESCOM. I uh, I have my doubts somehow. Yeah, it's sad. It's very sad. What's your pick this week, Rehard? So, you know the struggle that we have with finding good, really good uh, photography online that you can use for stuff, you know, yes. open source or Creative Commons um, artwork. You know, we, I, I use uh, Adobe Stock with my subscription, which is a great service. I love it. Very limited, though, but in you- terms of what you're allowed to use. Well, no, there's lots you can use. Well, yeah, you only get a few months, but mm. I mean, you know, you stock it up. So I've always got about 20, 30 uh, items revolving. But it's always good to have an alternative um, source just to get a viewpoint. But the, the, the key thing with most stock sites is the stock photography generally looks like stock photography, yes, right? Yes. <laughs> That's a big problem. So I came across this awesome website called unsplash.com. And it is uh, just amazing photographs that you can use for free. Now, obviously, there's some limits. I'm sure you can't, um, you know, do a full-on Microsoft can't use these for an ad campaign or something like that. But um, with within limited use, you'll be able to do a lot with these photographs. And there's some stunning, stunning pieces. There's stuff that you'd want to print out um, or mm. use on a website, perhaps. Or, mm. um, But yeah, unsplash.com. Um, and it's, this, is, this is kind of editorial quality stock photography. You know, it's really good stuff, and it's, and it's uh, free. That's amazing. Well worth checking out. I'm definitely going to have a look at that because we're always looking for uh, stock photography for Deck Central. You can never get enough of this stuff. Mm. Um, definitely going to have a look. That's a great pick. Thanks, Rehut. Um My pick this week is uh, a new app for iPad. Um, uh, very old franchise, of course, but um, they've just released uh, a new one uh, in augmented reality. And I'm talking about Angry Birds AR Isle of Pigs, uh, which uh, I was having <laughs> enormous fun with this week. Um, basically, the best case study for, for AR 
barn now. Yes, absolutely. So um, I was uh, at my coffee table outside and I, I set up my coffee table as a staging post for a massive Angry Birds fight. Um, and it's brilliant. Um, my iPad's a bit heavy. I've got the 12.9-inch iPad. Um, so it, it gets a bit tiring holding it up in front of the table all the time. I think it might work better if you have an iPhone. Um, but uh, it was fantastic. Um, had this whole uh, Angry Birds situation unfolding on my coffee table. Um, and what was... What was really funny while I was while I was shooting these birds uh, into into the castle to try and kill the pigs uh, and knock down the castle, uh, my dog my dog I have a Boston Terrier and anyone who knows that breed um, knows it has very large pointed ears. Um, so while I was pointing my iPad at the table, these two ears appear behind the castle, <laughs> and it was very tempting. It almost felt like I wanted to take my iPad and shoot a bird at the dog's ears. <laughs> So how quickly you get immersed in it, you feel that that is actually part of the the experience. Um, ooh, what's that over there? AR, AR is definitely the future of VR gaming. I mean, VR is immersive and everything, mm. but it's it's that digital overlay that makes yes. things interesting. Absolutely. I but can't I'm, wait for this to. Would this ever come to to, to Android? I presume it's so. coming. I think they've just released it first on iOS. Um, I, I presume it'll come to Android. Android is, supports AR as well. Mm. Um, so I, I presume it's going to come there. I haven't really played around a lot with AR before, before playing around with this new Angry Birds game. Um, I, I do feel that um, it's going to be much better. Um, it's going to be a much better experience uh, wearing AR glasses than uh, than using an iPad or a phone. And um, I'm starting to see why Tim Cook is so excited about the technology, actually, um, and why I think Apple may, in fact, be developing a pair of AR, AR glasses as well. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I'm still a big fan of Microsoft's HoloLens. I think yes. you know that technology in smaller iterations or in a smaller version, obviously, is the key. You know, again, I want to just put my glasses on and have these little lenses yes. do the work for me. And, and the, that is definitely on the cards in the future, without a doubt. We just yeah. need for the tech to become commercially viable. I'm sure there's something in a lab somewhere that's pretty close. I mean, we've got contact lenses with uh, uh, that's able to display data. So, I mean, that's been around for a while now. Yes. We don't know what's in those R&D labs, right? Yes. Some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Frank uh, in the YouTube comments asks, uh, please, guys, repeat the name of the pick before moving on. Uh, sure, I'm not sure which pick you wanted uh, us to repeat. Um, my pick was the Angry Birds AR game, Isle of Pigs, available exclusively, I think, for iPad at the moment. Might be on iPhone, but I think it's iPad only. And uh, Rechart, your pick was unsplash.com. Yes, and I just quickly had a look at the license thing here. It says here, you do not need to ask permission. Uh, you can use uh, these pictures for commercial and non-commercial purposes. You don't need to ask permission or provide credit to the photographer. Wow, okay. Although it's appreciated when possible. I mean, that's, that's and the, pretty the cool. photographs are fantastic. So. Have, have you seen pixabay.com? Yes, I don't use it often. I mean, I use it quite a bit. Pixabay is great. It sounds like a similar sort of service to uh, to Unsplash. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty similar. Mm. Although Unsplash, the the photographs are just at first glance so much nicer. Okay, well, I'm. But I mean, that's just what they push to the front. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely going to go and have a look at that. Um, and I think Rechard, that's our show. Apart from our quiz results, um, let me do the first question: Who was appointed to chair a new advisory board board for MTN Group? And that's former South African President Thabo Mbeki. Second question, what is the name of the new 24-hour news channel on DSTV that launched last week, replacing the now-defunct Gupta-owned ANN7? 
And the answer is Newsroom Africa, obviously with a Z and with a K. <laughs> They're never going to live that one down. Uh, Take a Lot launched a new flagship customer collection center in Gauteng this week. Where is it located? And that's on the New Road Bridge on the N1 in Midrand in Johannesburg. So make sure time, time the drive-thru and see how quickly it takes. Quicker than a McDonald's drive-thru to get your product? <laughs> yeah, quick. Yeah, see how long it takes for your kawaii, kawaii wrap to get uh, <laughs> to get made and uh, whether your delivery will come from the down, <laughs> down the spiral chute. Which if you time it right, you can probably pre-order via Mr. Delivery or something to collect at kawaii as well. So yes. technology at work. Absolutely. Fourth, the fourth question, which former Google CEO has... Uh, said he is stepping down from the board of the parent company Alphabet, and the answer is Eric Schmidt. And uh, how long will former WikiLeaks editor Julian Assange spend in jail in the UK for skipping bail when he sought refuge in the Ecuadorian embassy in London? And it's 50 weeks. And uh, and that's our show. Um, having have a quick look while we were chatting uh, at my... Um, itinerary for the coming days uh, I will indeed be back next Sunday Richard, so if you're around uh, we will podcast uh, well I have to be now right I make plans already but I'll cancel <laughs> no, so, I'm here let's do it I'm let's ready. do it I'm yeah ready. absolutely awesome. uh, and uh, we'll be brave enough for the first time uh, next Sunday to uh, tweet out and share on the socials uh, before we go live with this uh, this video podcast so please do join us on YouTube and join us in the comments section we, uh, the aim of the reason the real reason we're doing this is uh not to get our ugly mugs onto the internet, but uh, to get you guys involved uh, in our in the discussion, and uh, we'd really love you to join us uh, in the uh, in the YouTube comments uh, while we record this show live every Sunday at one o'clock. Um, but we will um, we'll share it out on the socials next Sunday. Um, I am hoping to have a beautiful green screen behind me uh, by this time next week. Um, probably not. Uh, you, probably all you'll be seeing next week is green because um, I'm going to require some time to uh, figure out how to use it. Um, but um, we'll be fiddling with lightning, lighting, certainly on my side of things. Uh, Rechard, I think, has already done a lot of work on his side. Um, you lit up very nicely there. Um, and your background is looking beautiful. Um, um, so I'm kind so of. It's many years in the work, Duncan. Many years in the work. I'm, 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 defi- I'm, definitely, <laughs> le- I'm definitely letting the side down here, so I'm, I'm going to have to do some some work to to catch up with you there, Richard. Well, with your green screen, you could literally transport it anywhere. You can sit on the Starship Enterprise bridge if you want. Now Imagine we're talking the possibilities. <laughs> now we're talking. Just figure. I need to figure out how to do it exactly. Um, uh, we're using Google. What's this called? Hangouts on Air at the moment. Mm. Um, I suspect we're going to have to use OBS Studio, which is the most appallingly difficult piece of software to figure out. Um, but one of these days, I am going to RTFM, and uh, and we are going to figure out how to use OBS, and uh, this is all going to be looking amazing. The, the new RTFM is YouTube FM. No, that doesn't make sense. But yeah, YouTubing, YouTubing the, the, the steps for, for, I mean, we just need to spend some time. But yeah, essentially chroming out that uh, green screen is not too difficult. You just uh, yeah. press a few buttons and it goes yeah. and you just need yeah. to replace that uh, back image. And it may in fact be possible in uh, Google Hangouts on Air. I just uh, haven't got around to pressing all these fancy little buttons on the left, like control room and cameraman. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure them out in, in. Yeah, I think, but yeah, lighting is the other key. The, the, mm. I mean, green screen won't work if your lighting isn't spot on. Yeah. Because then you will just look like you are photoshopped on a, yeah. on a nice backdrop. Yeah. And uh, Rochelle, uh, thanks for the message on YouTube. Uh, it says he caught the end, but uh, glad to be here. I'm an avid listener 
to the podcast. Well, thanks for joining us, Rochelle, and uh, everyone listening. We encourage you and uh, invite you to join us uh, next Sunday, 1 o'clock. Um, no pressure on us. Uh, we'll be live here on YouTube. Please join the discussion, um, and we look forward to hosting you and um, and taking your questions and joining and you having uh, having you join the discussion. From Rechard and myself, I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat. Until next time, cheers. Ciao, ciao.